0: Grab your your Bible. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I have what it says I have. I'm about to be taught the life-changing word of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and believing and applying. And after I have heard, believed, and applied, I always get results. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we've been talking a lot about your thinking because Romans 12 and 2 says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's a scripture that everybody is familiar with. You can go to Pinterest and find you about 27 backgrounds. But at the end of the day, one of the things we've talked about is that if you don't know how to transform your mind, what you are stuck with is a scripture and no ability to apply it. And then what that leads to is frustration. The Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. So to keep knowing that you should be at peace, to keep knowing that you shouldn't be in grief, to keep knowing that you should not be struggling, living paycheck to paycheck, to keep knowing that your body should not be racked with pain, but not know how to apply the word in order to get results, is frustrating. Just tell your name and say it's frustrating. You know, and the truth of it is, is that many of us have been in church and long enough to know people. Even if you haven't been in church, you know, people who have been in church a long time, but nothing about their life seems to have changed. And maybe you've been that person. It's not that you didn't love Jesus. It's not that you didn't accept him as your personal savior. Some of you been saved about 25 times trying to get it. because you just like, you know what? I just got to make it stick. And maybe what's wrong with me is that I really didn't accept him. And so you live this perpetual, I'm going to accept him. And then when you messed up, you think you lost him. And so, you know, and then somebody tells you, somebody tells you, oh, well, the reason that X didn't manifest for you is that you didn't have enough faith. And so then you go back and you try to build your faith. And then somebody says you didn't fast enough, so you try to fast more. And then somebody says you didn't give enough, so you try to give more. So you fasted out, you're giving out, your faith out, and you still ain't got manifestation. So then you got to find somebody to blame. So then it's my mama's fault because if I hadn't seen my mama do the stuff that she did, I wouldn't be in the situation I was in. Oh, it's my first church fault. If I hadn't had the the, the, up, the religious upbringing I had, I would be op- more open to the things of God. No, it's because my daddy, he wasn't there or my daddy was too protective. He never let me figure out anything on my own. Or you know what? It's because I'm black or it's because I'm white or it's because I'm a woman or it's because I'm a man or it's because I'm not sure which one of those things I am. I don't know, but it's got to be somebody else's fault. Oh, it's not any of those people's fault. Well, it must be the devil's fault. The devil is on my back. His foot is on my neck. He all up in my face. He, he wrestled with me all night long. I don't. Everywhere I go, he at my job. He at Walmart. He beside me on 49. The devil, devil everywhere. Oh, it wasn't the devil because he defeated. It was God. God don't love me like he love everybody else. God ain't down for me like he love everybody else. No matter what I do, it's never enough. I do everything for God. I come to church. I'm faithful. How she get a man? They just got to the job how they get promoted. God just don't love me like he love everybody else. You don't really understand my story. I'm just out here keeping it real. Your situation ain't like mine. Pastor Sean, you don't really know. You married. um, um, So-and-so, you don't really know because you single. So-and-so, you don't know because you ain't got a degree. You know because you do have a degree. At some point, you got to say, what's going on inside of me? What's going on inside of me? You' not had 12 jobs. You still don't have no money. It ain't the jobs. You've been in seven serious relationships. You still ain't had one successful. It ain't the relationship. All your cars break down. It ain't the cars. And so... What happens is, is that people like to use church as a place to get high. The truth of it is, is that if most believers would be honest, you are as addicted to church as a crackhead. You come to get a fix, not freedom. You want, you, you want to be entertained. It's funny, me and Pastor Elwin we got this thing going on, so I said in the month of May on my social media, I'm going to be as petty as Pastor Elwin. Who follow Pastor Elwin on social media? First of all, you can't be as petty as Pastor Elwyn. Like, it's like, he said to me the other day, he said, Babe, he said, I got petty running in my hard drive in the background. It's in my software. It's everywhere. You trying to find petty to pull up, right? But this is the thing that he said to me that was interesting. He said, here's the thing. He said, people would rather be entertained by petty than to be taught how to change. He said, so people engage with me because I make them laugh. He said, but don't nobody really want to hear no live." He said, think about it. All of the things that you see that go viral, they foolishness. The stuff that goes viral is foolishness. It ain't transformation. Even the preachers that you like, you may get entertaining. You may shout, but you don't know what to do when you got through. That ain't no slight to nobody. I'm just saying if you think about most of the stuff you like, it doesn't require you to sit down and look at yourself and implement some steps. It's some stuff that makes you tingly for a little while. It makes you laugh for a little while. So you spend your whole life saying, this is going to be my best year, and it's still the same raggedy tail year you lived back last year. Ain't nothing changed but the date. And at some point you got to say, if Jesus is Lord and he done done it all, Oh, no, the Illuminati. Let's not forget them because you know what? If somebody rich, they had to get in with the Illuminati because God is so broken, so pitiful, and so ratchet that God can't help nobody get rich. So if you got rich, you had to sell your soul. You had to steal something. You had to sleep with somebody. You couldn't have got a promotion because you did the work. You had to be brown-nosed to the boss. It's always somebody else. And then the people who do blame yourselves, you do it ineffectively. (laughs) I'm so dumb. I'm so stupid. I can't ever do nothing right. That is just as ineffective as everything else that I just said. So what do we do? We got to deal with our thinking. You cannot change your thinking if you don't know how you think. And you don't know how you think because you don't think about how you think. Because you're so busy, focused on what everybody else is doing that you can't think about. Listen, we've been married for 25 years. We've been doing pastoral counseling for marriage probably about 17 years. 99.8% of the time when people come and you say, if you say, Mr. Smith, what's wrong with your marriage? It's her. Miss Smith, what's wrong with your marriage? It's him. So even when the Holy Ghost is trying to tell you that your marriage is jacked up because you talk too much, you can't hear it because you already decided it had to be somebody else. You don't think about your own thinking. So we've been doing this work, and it ain't sexy, and it don't go viral And it ain't particularly entertaining and some parts of it is downright irritating. But if you do it, your life will change. So you got to decide how many more months you just want to entertain yourself and come to church and get high and then watch TV to get high and then eat food to get high or how many times you want to get high because you actually got some transformation and that's up to you. And that's the part of the work I can't do for you. I can give you the best notes. I can give you the best strategies. We can pray. We can intercede for you. But I cannot make you do what God has already equipped you to do. So we use church as a high and other people's intercession as a band-aid. So... I'm, I've been teaching this thing, the thinking-feeling st- um, cycle. Thinking-feeling and and cycle, I'm going to regroup it for you so we understand how it works. This is not just what I'm thinking. You can go research this. Here's what research tells us. You think a thought. When you think a thought, you release a chemical. When you release a chemical, that chemical creates a feeling. That feeling causes you to think another thought. I'm going to use it in a way that you can all relate to it. You saw somebody, you thought, oh, they fine. Fine release, you thought, ooh, they fine. You released a chemical. That chemical created a feeling. That feeling made you say, they can get it. They can get it. Yeah, they can get it, release another feeling. Another feeling, release a thought. They can get it tonight. I know we just met, but uh, I think you should be having my baby. Thinking, chemical, feeling. Thinking, chemical, feeling. So somebody will say, Pastor Sean, could you pray for me today? I'm depressed. I say, what are you thinking about? Well, I'm thinking about how nothing is working in my life. Thinking, chemical, feeling. And I smoked a little weed last night. Thinking. Chemical, 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 feeling. Then I went to their social media page and saw that they with somebody else. Thinking, chemical, 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 because you still got that high. Feeling, 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 and you like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I say, um, so here's what you need to do. You need to interrupt your thinking. I, I, what I need you to do is, um, what are you doing right now? I'm in the bed. Okay, get up. I need you to get up. I need you to open the blinds because if you're in the bed, it's still dark in there. What you listening to? Uh-uh, turn that off. Uh-uh. No, no, no. Bad, bad choice. I need you to take a shower. Text me back. Okay, can you just pray for me? I can't pray till you text me back. Because prayer... Is not a tool of manipulation. I cannot use prayer to make you do what is your own volition. I need the Lord to come down here and lift depression up off of me. Get up. Go walk. I don't like to walk. Do you like to be sad? Go walk. Release some endorphins. Release some drugs. Your body is the strongest pharmacy in the world. You can release any chemical you need. Get up. Isaiah 60, arise and shine for your light is come. Let the light in. Let the glory fall. Well, I had to do it five times. Do it 25. Do it 35. Do it 205. But do it until you don't feel that way. Do it until you break the cycle. Listen, if we were talking about kids who had had a poor education, so a kid didn't get a good teacher in kindergarten, they didn't get a good teacher in first grade, they didn't get a good teacher in second grade, now you want a third grade teacher to fix in a year what has been problematic since kindergarten. In order to get real recovery, now they need a good third grade teacher? A good fourth grade teacher, a good fifth grade teacher, some intervention specialists, some tutoring, some summer program to catch up. So if you've been having raggedy thinking for 37 years, tell me how you think that one church, one laying hands of oil, one run around the room, one $25 seed is going to shift 37 years of foolery in your mind. This is supernatural, but it ain't magic. And so then what people go is they go, oh, my God, I'm so tired. I've been doing this since January. You've been living raggedy for 35 years. And you've been doing this since January and you tired. Come on. Come on. I applied for five jobs and I didn't get one. A applied for 55, A applied for 455, A applied for 5,555. So 555 jobs then tell me you tired and so then what happens is is that church becomes this place where we just handicapping people so we entertain you cause you're always more entertained if the music is hype you're always more entertained when it's your song we hoop a little bit because we know you need a little bit of that. We get you high. We tell you some cute slogan. And then you go home and live the same raggedy life. And we're looking for some people who like, I'm over that. I'm over that. I'm over that. I mean, you know all the stories. You know how Daniel was in the lines then, but you don't know how to get out your own trap. You know about the fiery furnace, but you don't know how to get the fire up off yourself. You know the miracles about the multiplication of five loaves of fish and bread, but every time you don't have enough money, you wonder if God loves you. Man, come on, when does this become real? When does this become, let me think about my thinking? What am I playing over and over in my mind? Have you ever, and then we're gonna get to our one scripture, have you ever um, dated somebody? And then y'all broke up because one or both of you is crazy. However, whoever tells the story. I mean, it just really just kind of depends on who tells the story, who crazy, okay? And so I see this every year at Black Alumni Re- I mean, every other year at Black Al- Alumni Reunion. Because Black Al- Alumni Reunion up here is every other year. So here's what happens. People who dated in 88 and it didn't work out then. When they see each other, they begin to have these memories of the good times. And then before you know it, they have found each other in a room to hook up for the reunion to then when they get to talking after the reunion to realize why they thought each other was crazy to begin with. Now you would think that that would be enough, but I've been a part of the Black Alumni Society for 15 years, and I have watched this every reunion. You can watch it like clockwork. You like, oh, so and so and so and so here, watch them, watch this, watch this, watch this, bam, there they go. Look at that right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then they slow dance and look at that right now. They're in the corner, cause in their mind they go back to 1988. You have gotten back with some people. Because of how you rewrote the story. They weren't that good. The sex wasn't that good. They had bad credit. They didn't give you no money. But you sitting there alone. And you say everybody got a relationship with me. Everybody with somebody but me. You know what? I remember John. It wasn't that bad. You forget that we know. You forget that we know that we had to call a whole church fast to get you free from John. We had to schedule an intervention and kidnap you. And now John ain't that bad because you don't know how to think about your own thinking. All the kids gone, I could say all the stuff I wanted to say about this for weeks. Cause what people say is this: They, give, I mean, every, you know, most most of y'all have done. Listen, er, those of you who lived right, just discard discard some of this stuff. But we'll come down your lane in a minute, right? But you know, people who said you ain't got to raise your hand, but you said, "Lord, if I just ain't pregnant this time, Lord, if she just ain't pregnant this time, I promise, I promise to God, I promise to God, I ain't never." I never, ever, 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 that little cycle come. And after that cycle, you're like, just one more time, Lord. Just one more time. Now, what you think is you go, why would we talk about this in church? Because this is the stuff that jack your life up i could tell you another story about moses and the red sea but what i want to know is do you have some blockers for that 3 a.m booty call because moses been he done crossed the red sea but do you know how not to answer that phone because all the time i've been pastoring i ain't never had to have no meet with nobody about crossing the red sea no lions no fire I ain't never had nobody stuck on a mountain that they was trying to move. I ain't never had none of that happen, but I have had people who caught up in adultery, and I have had people who confused about their sexuality, and I have had people who keep almost getting pregnant. And I know people who keep getting fired, who never get the promotion, who always late for work. So when you find me somewhere. cycle. Think and feeling is internal. Thinking, feeling is internal. So here's what happens. I think something. I release chemicals. I create feelings. I do it over and over again. Does that make sense? I do it long enough it creates a state of being. Say state of being. State of being. State of being. State of being, state of being is when we see somebody in the morning we go, oh what's wrong with you? Now here's what's really interesting. Men typically do a better job of shifting state of being than women do perfect example. Me and Strick could be arguing and if you call me, I'm like, I can't talk to you right now. Somebody call him he's like, hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? I will kick you in the back. We is in the middle of a real fight. How in the world is you going to be polite to these people? I promise to God I will fight you right now. But in truth, all he did was interrupt his thinking-feeling cycle to address the thing at hand. That's why you and your husband can have a fight in the morning, and you at work, first of all, you don't call your best friend on the way, tell him about how much he get on your darn nerves, and how you would kill him, but you like him sometime, and you really don't want to go to jail. Then you don't went to work and told the one person that you like. He ain't think about it no more. He done sent you a funny meme. He done sent you a funny meme. And you done opened the phone up because... No, because because all you thought about was how he need to apologize. And, and when you get that first little pop-up, you think that's an apology. Girl, it ain't. It's a meme. <laughs> and then because you need to keep up your thinking, feeling cycle, you screenshot it and send it to your girl and say, I know this Negro didn't. Send me no freaking meme. He like, you want to go to lunch? You like, hmm. State of being. State of being. You stay in a state of being long enough I'm going to use this example and walk us all the way through. You stay in a state of being long enough, it becomes your personality. You have now held grudges so long, he don't even try to get you out the bad mood no more. He don't even try. Because you have decided that you go think, create chemicals, and feel until it creates a state of being and that you are unwilling to be moved by it, so now you create what parenthetically like to insert if I stop talking now you can give your offering and go home because if you could just stop doing that if you could just stop doing that man, you should buy me something I just helped you if your wife will listen okay if if your wife if she starts to listen remember me not just her I did this not just her me so what happens is so what happens is Now you've created a thing, and here's what you say. He don't really care. He don't care about how I feel. He doesn't care about what I think. No, he does care. When he sent that meme to get you to laugh, you're the one who refused to laugh. He was like, babe, let's move on. Babe, you're like, I'm not moving on. Now, here's the problem. When you do that in a marriage over 15 years, and now you wonder why your spouse don't touch you. Now you wonder why when you go in the room huffing, they don't say, baby, what's wrong? Then they start saying stuff like this. Well, you always mad about something anyway. You always in a bad mood about something anyway. Why would I try to shift you? Your personality is a bad mood. No, you don't move in and out of bad moods. When you in a good mood, everybody happy. They're like, what? What just happened? You okay? And you go, but that's because of him. No, that's because of you. And then you go, well, he makes me mad. No, he don't. You choose mad. You choose mad. And this is the thing I'm trying to get you to understand that if you don't do this work, why do I let my coworkers work me up so much? Why do I stay at a job that don't pay me well and complain about not having? <laughs> 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 now, sometimes you just got to say, how do I keep ending up here? Why am I so angry every day? Why am I never satisfied? You know, there are people like, I'd be happy if you get more money, but every time you get more money, you still ain't happy. It ain't the money. It's inside. It's the thinking, feeling cycle. You can afford things you've never been able to afford before, but now you go find something else you can't afford so you can be miserable all over again. You remember when all you wanted to do was to be able to take a vacation that didn't involve going to somebody's house and staying on an air mattress. Now you got points at a place. Now you a perk member. Now you can rent a car. Now you ain't gotta take a, 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 a one of them a standby flight to get somewhere. And now you still ain't mad because you you still mad because you ain't got VIP service and a butler. It ain't the stuff. Now, I want to be clear. I'm going to put her money in the offering. I'm going to keep his money. I'm keeping his money. I don't want you to beat yourself up. Here's what I want you to happen. I want you to start to see yourself and begin to laugh at yourself when you act like that. I I don't want you to beat yourself up. I want you to go, man, look at me. I'll tell a funny story about myself. So, you know, here's the truth. Pastor Ellen's way more organized than I am. Super, super organized. (laughs) That don't bother me at all, okay? But he, likes super, super organized. And so, as a result, you know, occasionally he feels like he needs to check on me. And sometimes he's right, but sometimes he's wrong. But a lot of times he's right. So, we had had a storm, and when we had the storm, um, I decided that I was going to be um, the contractor for the project because. Why are y'all laughing? That ain't the punchline. What's wrong with y'all? Your mama? Okay. Um, So. So, anyway, we got the money, and I ended up, like, doing more stuff than they gave us the money to do. Is that true, babe? But I forgot to do this one thing. There was a window on the bottom side of the house where I never went, and the window had a crack in and I was supposed to get the window fixed. Now, first of all, I'm feeling pretty good about myself because I have done more than what the budget even allowed to get fixed in the house, right? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm on my way to Sam's one day. I'm... I'm going to buy groceries for our family. I'm feeling like I'm doing, I'm batting a hundred, right? He calls me and he says, um, hey, babe. I'm like, hey, what's up? He's like, um, what happened to the window downstairs? Did you get it fixed? Well, first of all, I don't know what he's talking about. I'm like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, so then he says, what happened to the money? I said, what money? He said, the money for the repairs. I said, what happened to the money? I smoked the money. That's what happened to the money. I smoked the money. Strick, Strick, you think that's what you think I'm doing? You think I smoked the money. He says, he says, I'm not sure what just happened. I've clearly upset you in a way that I didn't mean to. You got that right. Hung up, got out the car, walking to Sam's. You know that mad walk, I walk like that. <laughs> got about, got a buggy, snatched the buggy back. And I get about halfway in the store and I just start laughing. I just go, Girl, girl, you just did a lot. You just did a whole lot. So now I can't just admit I did a lot. So I send a funny meme. See, then I call. <laughs> But what would happen, what could you interrupt in your life if you could see yourself? If somebody else didn't have to say, you acting ridiculous. If somebody else didn't have to say, man, you've been in a bad mood all day. If somebody else didn't have to do that for you, what would happen if you got quiet enough to think about your own thinking? Because here's the thing. So people go, well, God gave me a word. Yeah, God gave you a word. But here's the problem. So like God said to you, hey, you're going to get out of debt this year. But here's the challenge. Your own thinking about money is so jacked up that you think God lying. Come on. Yeah. Now, you would never say it like that. You would never say, I think God is a liar. In fact, you're going to quote the Bible that says God is not a man that he should lie, but you think he lying to you. Because the pattern that's running is stronger to you than what he said. And I think that that's why thinking is so important because then people end up feeling like they don't love God enough. They feel like they don't have enough faith when neither one of those is the issue. The issue is just your mind has not been transformed. And you cannot transform a mind when you can't first pause and think. When you don't don't have a pause button. How many of you have ever gone off on somebody and after the fact, you like me, you smoke. You smoked the money. And after you did that, you win. That was a lot. Raise your hand if you've ever done that. <laughs> People in the back raising both hands. they right. So look around. Everybody put your hands back up if you've ever done that. So look around. You're not by yourself. It's growth and becoming for all of us. So we don't have to be so judgmental when, or get so defensive when somebody says, whoa. This morning, Pastor Elman seemed a little cranky to me. So I sat right there and I said, um, you need to employ your thinking, feeling cycle. Your chemicals seem to be a little off to me. I don't, I, don't, I don't feel no warm and fuzzy. And first of all, I know I look really cute today and you didn't even tell me. Listen, you playing games. You need to fix whatever's happening in here. And focus on me, right? So here's the one scripture I'm going to use because everybody has something and you're like, oh my goodness, this is why I am where I am. And I want to show you that where you are is, it's not, we're going to go to first Chronicles four, nine and 10. This is our only scripture for today. I just want to show you something. It says, and Jabez was more honorable than his brethren, and his mother called his name Jabez saying, because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast, and thine hand might be with me, and thou wouldest keep me from evil, that, thou may not, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him which he re- what he requested. So if you study this scripture, I was asking the Lord, I was like, Lord, why do you keep having us talk about thinking? And this is what he said to me. He said, because you can't manage expansion unless you transform your thinking. You cannot, not that you can't get expansion, But you cannot manage expansion if you don't transform your thinking. Your brain, your mind must first become a container that can hold what God is doing. Here's the thing. The laws of seed time and harvest work. You sow, you're going to get a harvest. You work hard at a job, you'll get promoted, you can do something else. But you can't always manage the next level. And so then the thing you pray for becomes a curse to you. Because you could not, you didn't do the internal work to be able to manage it. You know, people who have kids and then your kids get on your nerves. You pray for them kids. Had a gender reveal, 15 photo shoots, all kind of stuff. And now they on your nerves. Why? Because you pray for expansion, but you didn't build capacity to handle the expansion that you was asking for. Because every expansion requires new capacity. Amen, amen. So look at, it, it said, go back to verse 9 because this is the verse that really is where God has us. It says, Jabez was more honorable than his brethren, and his mother called him Jabez, saying, because I bore him with sorrow. Now, you have to contextually understand what this means. In the Jewish culture, names mean everything. You don't just pick something and randomly name your kid. Every name has significance. Now, you see this happen when um, Rachel has Benjamin. And when Rachel has Benjamin and she's dying, she names him Benoni, which means I bore him out of my sorrow. And his father, Jacob, changes his name to Benjamin, which means the son of my right hand. Because a name was either a blessing or a curse. Now, in this situation with Benjamin, his father interrupted the curse. And he said, we're not going to let people call you Benoni because if they do, you will live a life of sorrow. Now, here's the thing. The Bible says that Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. But his mama couldn't see it because all she could see was the sorrow. So she named him offer her pain instead of his purpose. Some of you have been named some things off of somebody else's pain somebody's called you something, somebody's injured you in some way, somebody's mistreated you in some way, but it wasn't based off your purpose, it was based off of their pain, which is why I hate it when we try to make like everything that happens to us, happens to us because it was God's plan. No, some of that stuff was just a mess of somebody else's pain, and now I got to live with what you did, except, except, next verse, Then Jabez, who unlike Benjamin, didn't get a name change, called upon the Lord, the God of Israel. He called on somebody who was bigger than his mama. Bigger than the curse that had been spoken over him. Bigger than the trauma that had been done to him. He called on somebody bigger. You will never get free from your bondage as long as you think your bondage is bigger than your God. But he called on somebody bigger than his mama. Your mama's supposed to be your number one nurturer, but what if she isn't? You can call on somebody bigger. Your daddy is supposed to give you identity, but what if he doesn't? You can call on somebody bigger. They mistreat you because of your color, your size, your weight, but you can call on somebody bigger. And Jabez went to God and he said, you see, they named me sorrow. This name should follow me the rest of my life, but I believe you got something better. He asked for four things. I love this. This is the only time you see Jabez mentioned in Scripture. Here's my theory on it. There's a Scripture that says God is no respecter of persons. If it was too much about Jabez, you'd have found a way to disqualify yourself. So he uses two scriptures. Don't give you no background about him. Don't tell you what happens to him before to say that anybody could insert themselves and say, I've been named X because of some sorrow. I've been diagnosed with X because of some sorrow. I've been mistreated because of some sorrow. But I'm going to call on the God of Israel and I'm going to ask you to number one, bless me. Now, we've been teaching on the blessing for a long time, but I went to the Jewish scribes last night, and I found out that the blessing has three meanings. One, to release divine abundance. Two, increase. Three, to activate what you always were. To activate. So when he asked God to bless him, he wasn't asking for a car. He wasn't asking for cattle. He wasn't asking for a promotion. He was saying there was a curse that was released that stopped who I always was. I am asking you to activate who I was always meant to be. Bless me. Bless me. I know what they said about me. I know they counted me out. You know that's how Jordan got healed. They diagnosed her with autism we said God bless her make her who she was always supposed to be the doctors put a cap and we said no 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 bless her activate who she always was could you just lay your hand on your heart see this right here the Bible didn't say that he went and somebody laid hands on him the Bible didn't say he was at a revival the Bible didn't say he went to the latest, greatest, big name, whoever the prophet was in the time. The Bible says he got by himself, and he said, "God, activate me, activate me, one to twin power, activate me." If you'd let yourself receive that. He said, he said, before you start giving me stuff, because I know you bless people with stuff. But if you give me the stuff and you don't activate me, I'll show up in places and then still wonder if I got the right to be in the room. I'll be 47. Letting what they said about me when I was six define me. So, so he J-Bez says, activate me activate me. Whenever you read that prayer of Jabez, that's what I want you to think. Every time God tells you that he wants to take you somewhere else, I want you to pull out the prayer of Jabez and say before we go, activate me. Activate me. Make me who I always was. In essence, what Jabez said was, reintroduce me to myself. Reintroduce me to myself. And then once he was reintroduced to himself, he came out and he said, allow me to reintroduce myself. Some of you have been waiting on somebody else to see it. You're waiting on somebody else to prophesy it into you. You're waiting on somebody else to activate it for you. You're waiting on somebody else to tell you a no. But here's the problem, because you haven't activated even when we tell you, you still don't believe us. You still don't believe us. We tell you, but you still don't believe us. We tell you that you're amazing. We tell you that you don't. We tell you that you're righteous. We tell you that you're free. But because you ain't activated, you still don't believe. So activate me. He asked for four things. He says, activate me, then enlarge me. Make me bigger. Some of you are afraid to even ask to be as dope as you can be. I don't really blame you, especially if you went to church, because most of you went to church being taught about a God that's got to be a little bit schizophrenic, because he's the kind of God who, if you steal his glory, whatever that means, he'll do what to you? Because he's so frail and so fragile that if you're amazing, he can't stand it, even though you're only amazing because he made you to be amazing. Listen, I say church got to be the only place in the world you can't be dope. No, real talk. Church is the only place in the world you can't admit you good at something. Church is the only place in the world that if you sing a song and you can really sing and we say you did a good job, you got to say praise the Lord. It was the Lord. It wasn't the Lord because we all got the Lord. We can't all sing like that. No, real talk. How many of y'all got the Lord? You can't do all that stuff. Somebody don't win to track me just because they got the Lord. I got the Lord. I can't win no track me. And so church becomes this place where people think they're teaching you to be humble by teaching you to lie about who you really are. Church got to be the only place that I have a secretary with no money management skills running the money. And somebody in the church who is a real certified CFO who can't see the books. You, you bet. I mean, real talk. It is insane. You'll have real certified educators, but they can't help in children's church and tell y'all that y'all got 27 kids in the room and that ain't right. And, it, you know, not that. Church is the only place where you don't get to say, I'm the best. I mean, like, yeah, you can really sing, but, honey, I can really organize this stuff. And the way you got this stuff organized, that ain't it. That ain't hitting on nothing. In the world, that's how you get promoted, by being able to say. And one of the challenges, the reason that people who've been churched a long time struggle in job interviews and struggle to be able to sell themselves is because you grew up in a place where you never was supposed to say you was good at anything. So you show up in the workplace just, I got the favor of God on my life, and if I just show up here with favor, how come I get overlooked? You never told them you could do it. They don't even know you could do it. You got to be like, I can do that. So he says, enlarge me. So he says, bless me, activate me, enlarge me. He says, stay with me. Stay with me. You may take me to some places that the church don't have no business being, but stay with me. Let me know I'm there because you told me to be there. Years ago, if you was a believer, it was a lot of things you weren't supposed to do. I'm not talking about seeing stuff. I'm talking about, you know, Jesus was coming back any second. There was a whole movement in the 70s where people didn't need degrees because Jesus was coming back. I mean, here it is, 2019. He still ain't come back yet. You could have had a whole degree four times. So there were these movements of things where there were people who didn't cultivate their gifts because everything was like, hey, Jesus is coming back. Well, if Jesus is coming back, let him find you working in your gifts. Whenever he coming back. And I never understand why we get into conversations about when Jesus comes back because he the one said nobody knows the day or the hour. So anytime somebody started talking about they know he coming back, they learn. Like, listen, if you don't know anything else about the Bible, here's what you know. If somebody say Jesus comes back on Thursday, they learn. Jesus said he said I don't even know the father determines now now we got people who not fulfilling their dreams because people's like that doesn't matter just serve the Lord go out and be an evangelist you know the one the best place to be an evangelist on your job when you live like something not because you were the people not because you were the people not because everything that you say speaking in tongues and blessed and highly favored and spraying oil on people not that not that, but when you show up, as light. No, because people, people don't talk to you about that stuff, and then you go to church, and you like You go to the workplace, and you go, they're, they're against me because I'm a Christian. No, they're against you because you're weird. Because you're weird. I love Jesus. I don't want to work with nobody spraying no oil in the morning when we come up in there. If I ask you how you're doing, say fine. Fine. Good. fine. Good. You in a meeting with a CEO, talking about, I got to see what the Lord say. What, what, what the data points say? You, and wisdom is being smart enough to be to tell people what the Lord said without telling them the Lord said it. It's learning how to collect the data and put together a presentation so they go, oh, my God, this is the best thing ever. And then you don't break out and shout and be like, praise the Lord. You do that when you go in the stall in the bathroom after the meme. But you got gifts. You got talents. So he says, what does he say? Bless me. Activate me. Then what does he say? And then he says what? And then the last thing he says is what? He says, keep me from evil. Don't let it grieve me. I'm asking you to bless me. I want to get married. But enlarge me. Activate me. So that it don't grieve me. I want to be a good mom, a good grandmother, a good grandparent. I want to travel the world. I want to, I, This is in my heart. I want to build this kind of business. Hey, Father, activate me. You know what I'm pretty convinced of? I am pretty convinced of that a lot of the things that you think about that you want, you want because you're supposed to have them. Because if you start talking to people, everybody don't want that. Everybody don't want that. Everybody doesn't want that, so you start talking to people about what they really want, and they're afraid to say what they really want because they feel like it's too much. But in truth, everybody, if we right now, if we pick dream homes right now, we might all like each other's house, but we wouldn't pick the same house. If we pick dream cars right now, (laughs) we might like each other's same car, but most of us don't have the exact dream car down to the specifics. So you got to start paying attention to what God put on the inside of you. I got a friend whose dream was to have 12 kids. She got them too. She got 12 kids, natural birth, 12 times. It ain't for me to tell her that's not her dream. It's not for her to make that be my dream. And she got a husband. She found a man who also, they our age. I don't mean they like, oh, they're they're our age. They have 12 kids. And they wanted to do it, both of them. They're like, it's my destiny to have 12 kids. I'm like, not mine. Not mine. Activate her, enlarge her. But what if you would really own, God, activate me. Maybe life, and we're done after this. Maybe life has done some things to me. Maybe I failed in some ways. Maybe I've discounted myself. Maybe every time God starts talking talk to me about going back to school or moving or loving again, I start rehearsing all the reasons it didn't work the first time. But what if I just went, all right, activate me. Give me the capacity for this thing. And now I start paying attention to my thinking. So when God says that to me and other people prophesy that to me and I see things that resonate with me about that, instead of throwing it down, I go, wait, why am I disqualifying myself? Why don't I think, why do I say I can do anything and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and then I talk myself out of the all things? And so that's the work we want you to do. I don't know who you're supposed to be, but he does. The father does. And here's what I can tell you. I don't care how dope any person in this room is. You have not tapped out your potential. You have not tapped out your potential. And some of you, I believe that we're in a season where some of you are going to find out that you thought you were just gifted in this one thing. And the Lord going to be like, "Uh uh-huh, it's something else there. Let's scratch behind the surface. You thought you was just this. Tell your neighbor, say, nobody is just a. So people think you just, and so then you put a period where he put a comma. You know, if you look at a line, a period can look like a comma if the thing ain't fully involved. But if you you open it up, you'll see that where you put some periods in your life, God got commas. You know what I think he got? I think he got comma, 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 and then I think he got some dot, 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 meaning it's up to you what's next. He's got some comma. You this, you're this, you're this. You can accomplish this. You can go here. You can see this. And then there's some dot, dot, dot. Pastor where would you get a dot, dot, dot? Ephesians 3.20? I want to do for you exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think according to what? He didn't say according to my power because he got all the power. He said, what's working in you? You want small? I'll honor you in small. You want medium size? I'll honor you in medium size. You want big? I'll honor you in big. You can't ask for nothing that's too big for God.